0: I'm Jim Brown, your Bible teacher at Grace and Truth Ministries. I put something on the board. We're going into the so-called Christmas Mass season. I won't even use the word Christmas. I never refer to it as Christmas. Every time I talk about it, I call it Christmas Mass because that's what it is. When people say Merry Christmas, they don't even know what they're saying. Uh, i remember in the 40s and early 50s people didn't go around like they do now saying merry christmas merry christmas they didn't do that where they got that from was probably most of the old english movies where they were doing that that was a habit in england because christmas comes out of paganism and christmas you can look it up in these in these uh dictionaries up here the britannica you look up the N volume, or the C volume, it'll tell you Christmas is Christ to Mass. C-H-R-I-S-T-E-S-M-A-E-S-S-E. It means the festival of the Mass. The Mass is really easy to explain. The Roman Catholics took a verse out of John 6 and corrupted it. Where Jesus said, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. Well, the Roman Catholic Church come up and said, well, we've got to perform some magical thing and call it the Mass, where it will turn into the literal body and blood of Christ. And that's where the priests will take the Eucharist and they will raise it up in the air and they will pronounce the words I had it up here somebody found it for me the other day I should have gotten it out I've got a book called Inside Catholicism right here I was showing this one time at Christmas time and a fellow was here and he said that is a Catholic book and I was going to a monastery to become a priest and they give this to all the priests uh, the novice is going into a monastery to become a priest, and it's got all about Catholicism in there, and they raise the Eucharist up, some say they raise it up because that's the sun rising, and they utter the words hoc est corpus eum filii." and they say those words magically translate this word or uh, translate that Eucharist, this is called the Eucharist, into the literal body and blood of Christ. And that's what Jesus meant, that they have to add something to the Word of God. They had to add hocus corpus eum to the to the uh, Word of God in order to perform what Jesus said. And Jesus what gets me, right after Jesus said that, he defines what eat flesh and drink blood is he says my flesh is meat indeed and my blood is drink indeed so when you eat and drink of me you eat and drink of indeed indeed is the word alethes A-L-E-T-H-E-S alethes is a word that means of truth of course it is a form of the word truth it's a form of the word A-L-E T-H-E-I-A Aletheia is the word truth and it is constructed from the word lanthano I know I've said this many times I don't think I can say it too many times I believe there will be people watching this has never seen it before it comes from lanthano meaning to hide or conceal or conceal and the alpha as a negative particle, that's, it will tell you in your concordance, it comes from Lanthano, and the first letter of the Greek alphabet, it's as a negative particle, and it'll say neg part in in your concordance, the negative particle negates the word, and gives an opposite meaning of lanthano just as in our our alphabet atypical means not typical it means not typical asexual means not sexual not sexual well a a lanthano means not to hide anything lanthano means to hide this makes It makes, it gives an opposite meaning to the following word. So aletheia, truth, when you eat of truth, you pull the cover off, and that's what I'm doing up here right now. I'm pulling the cover off, and it's going to offend Roman Catholics and even Baptists. Because they don't, you take this off. Now, people that say Merry Christmas, they don't have any idea what they're saying. Mary, you can look it up in Webster's Dictionary. Mary comes from Margie. It's an old English word. M-E-R-G-E. It's an old English word that means fun. Fun comes from the word phoné or Foolish. Foolish. Or it means to uh, amuse. Now, muse. You, if you got a, if you've got a, a, a cell phone, an iPhone, you can just just click on there and say, on the vocal part, and say, what does a muse mean? And they'll tell you that it comes from muse. Meaning something with thoughtfulness, thoughtful or thinking, thinking. And the alpha privative as a negative particle means no thinking, no thoughtfulness. That's also, they'll tell you, amuse is the word entertain. Are fun, fun, so next time somebody says, of course, uh, the, the mass is eating human flesh, they suppose that's what it is, it's not, it's their imaginary eating human flesh, eat human flesh, the human flesh of Christ, and that is called cannibalism, So, next time somebody says Merry Christmas, say, well, I hope you have a foolish, no-thinking, cannibalism yourself. Now, you can answer them that way, and they won't have any idea what you're saying. You understand that? So, Merry Christmas is foolishness. It's absurd. It's asinine. Asinine means to be ridiculous. Ridiculous. It's a stupid thing for people to say. And they don't even know that's what they're saying. I define everything in sight. I do that constantly. Y'all see me come in here, pick up a concordance, pick up. And a lot of times I'm just reminding myself of something I already know. Say, do I remember that right? And I'll pick up concordance, I'll pick up Webster's Dictionary, Men are walking around talking about things they know nothing about. Now, I started in last week reading this paper to you that I wrote about 20, 25 years ago. It's the major points about Christmas. So I'm going to have Tom make up a whole bunch of these and give. I'll give them out to everybody that wants them. And I went through the fact that Christmas was started in the Roman Catholic Church by Constantine. Let me erase some of this and give myself some room. Christmas is the mass of Roman Catholicism. Mary is an empty word. Merry Christmas is foolishness. Now, let me do this. Get the board cleaned. Alright, now, I'm going to cover some of the things that I, I'm going to do a little reviewing. Christmas is Christ's Mass, and it was brought into the church by Constantine. Constantine, what he was doing, he was trying to pacify The pagans and the Christians. The first thing he did before he before they had the Nicene Council at 325 AD, the first thing he did, he ascended the throne around 305, 306. And he and he was having problems all that time with the Christians. And he couldn't control them and they were multiplying and they were converting and the Roman Catholic Church was killing them as fast as they could. They, later on they had something called the Inquisition. The Inquisition. You get the word inqu- inquire from the word inquisition. It means to question. And you had the Dominican. The Dominicans are the ones that started that. They had all of these different forms of Catholicism. You had different branches of it. You had the Dominicans. D-O-M-I. N-I-C-A-N-S. The Dominicans started this Inquisition thing. They have made jokes about it. They had uh, they had a movie with a Jewish man Mel Brooks and he made jokes of the Inquisition and they were dancing to the big band with the Inquisition and they made fun of it and he even mentioned in that movie Tokimata. I don't know if that's the way you spell it, but I think that's close to it. Doki was a Roman Catholic priest that started the Inquisition. It was his idea. and then, And then they had another set of these, another branch of the Roman Catholics called the Jesuits. And the Jesuits were the enforcers of the inquisition they were sent out and they would have a an inspector general or a man who would be in charge they'd go out to this village and they would they would tell these people we want you to renounce your protestant beliefs and we want you to partake of the sacrament of the mass if they didn't they would torture them uh unbelievably doing all kinds of torture i mentioned it last time i preached and they were killing off christians they torture them till they died did all kinds of ways they'd burn them at the stake uh when one of them was burned at the stake uh, he said i need more fire they were just burning just enough to cook him and he said give me more fire Well, that's what we need to get rid of ourselves. So they would go to these places and when they didn't, then there were some, there were families in Europe. The Waldens family. Waldenses. The Huguenots. It was probably pronounced Huguenot- because it's French name and then they had the Cathars and they had several other families these families these were the ones that were attacked more than anybody else in that inquisition and these families along with many others they said we will go to this new land called the United States of America and we will outlaw any papal practices papal is short for roman catholic papal uh, probably comes from papa and papa that's what the word pope means pope means papa or father so they came to america and they passed laws that you there'd be no christmas It was against the law, against the law, the law, to celebrate Christmas, to celebrate Christmas 300 years ago in America. And you can find that in any encyclopedia. They'll tell you that it was outlawed by these people. And they came here and they called themselves Puritans they said we will purify this new land of all roman catholic influences and christmas including easter and all the things that were that were roman catholic i don't like roman catholicism at all i what i want to do is read to you so when i've got in here Tell you what Christmas is and how when it came into the church uh, and in three twelve a d that's when Constantine issued the Edict of Milan edict of Milan and that and that was called the Edict of toleration. So tolerance is what the Roman Catholic Church was founded on when Constantine started the Roman Catholic Church in 325 A.D. In 312 A.D., that's when he issued this edict of Milan, or edict of toleration. We have something equal in the world today with the edict of toleration. And what is it? Huh? what is the the political correctness that is getting i don't know if you know this but that is becoming one of the most powerful doctrines of this world and what people are doing they're saying you got to i'm not going to get on any political stance but i believe that a lot of the things that are organized out here in public they're simply to cause whether it's black lives matter, they pull in, what they do, I believe black lives matter, but I believe white lives matter, and I believe all lives matter in the eyes of the world, and should matter, because you're not supposed to be killing people, but... I believe things like that are brought about and what it does, it gathers homosexuality into it and lesbians into it and it causes people to say, yes, our lives matter too and we need to have some equal kind of of tolerance about our way to live. And what they're doing, they're doing something that Daniel, the seventh chapter, talks about that will happen at the end of time. They're changing changing times and laws. Now it's a good thing to be a homosexual that wants to marry another. One man wants to marry another man. If you go on that Ellen DeGeneres show, they'll give you a big round of applause if you say that. Or you're a lesbian, you want to marry another lesbian, they'll give you a big round of applause. But if you say you have to repent of sin, they'll go boo. And everything is coming to this place and this point in America. And it's kind of easing in to all facets of our society. You can look at anything that's going on and what it is. Anything somebody organizes, it pulls in these negative these sinful groups of people i'm not it's no more sin to be a homosexual than to be adulterer it both of them had a death sentence with them in the old testament along with a whole bunch of other capital offenses in the old testament now i want to continue reading where i left off on this last week they banned christmas and easter in america anything that looked or sounded like like Catholicism they said anything that even smells of it we don't want it in America now you got to remember that the Puritans came over here in the 1600s around 1629 but America did not break away from England until we didn't have our our independence till 1776. That was when we became a nation. We we were already a nation back here with the Puritans and the pilgrims. And they were being judged by uh, various methods of righteous judging. Of course, some of the Puritans were off the wall and some were on that's like when you read the reformers you got to know who you're reading some of the reformers were messed up in their theology and some weren't but i what i want to bring about that i've got in this paper bring about the swastika was originally called the sun wheel that was a part of christmas let me put this on the board the swastika is thousands of years old. Adolf Hitler did not invent that. If Germany is over here, Germany is in this area right here. And Hitler sent Himmler over, even further than my map goes, over to Tibet. Hitler sent Himmler to Tibet. reason I like to draw something on the board, Germany. Now, I don't know how far it was. It was thousands of miles. Hitler was looking for a superior or an Aryan, A-R-Y-A-N, Aryan race. The reason he sent Himmler over here, he heard that the Tibetan Buddhist worshippers were tall, had long legs long arms and he thought that would be a superior race where did he come up with that idea he came up with the idea from from the doctrine that there were fallen angels that had intermarried women we don't believe that here angels neither marry nor given in marriage fallen angels and they were somewhere upon the earth so he bought into that theory that some of the Baptists are teaching well he he sent Himmler and he was a chicken farmer before he was in the SS Himmler over here to Tibet and he gets around the Tibetan Buddhist worshippers And the and the the uh, fire wheel, which was called the wheel of the year, was one of their signs, and to them it was a good luck sign. And I've got it in your. This is the good luck sign. I've got it on this piece of paper, and I'll I'll get these made up and have Tom make them up. Except it really wasn't a swastika as such. What it was. It was the Big Dipper. And the Tibetan Buddhist, it was the Big Dipper in four phases. And what they would do, they would, they would look at the Big Dipper at midnight, at midnight, every three months and if you're in June here you're in you're going into September here September and then you're in March not March December here you're in December down here December And then over here, you are in March. This is three months apart. And they look at the Big Dipper. And what they were wanting to do would be get through these winter months from September, the end of the harvest, going through these cold months. And they called this their weather calendar, the Big Dipper, in its its four phases. They would check it out every month. Every three months, and they were looking forward to the Big Dipper. They only looked at it every three months, and it formed the swastika or the wheel of the year. One of the one of the uh, uh, witches said that that was their sign, and it was the reason it was called a good luck sign. In the ancient world, it was called "Good luck," because it wasn't even an evil sign as such until Hitler got a hold of it. But it was only evil in the sense that it was hiding the fact it was hiding the fact that there in March, the crops would come out March, April, and then they'd have crops all the way to the end of the harvest end of harvest now this 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 swastika the big dipper in four phases it had eight holidays to it it had it had autumn up here and they had they celebrated a holiday there and they had Maybon right here. Maybon and right here as they go into the end of the harvest they had Samhain, S A M H A I N Sowin looks like Sam Hain and there was a rock group, wasn't there, Dave, called Sam Hain. So they named it after this right here. And this is what the Catholics brought into the Roman Catholic Church and called All Hallows' Eve. It was a time where they would honor the dead. The funny thing, they knew the crops were dying at that time, and they would say that it was the evil underworld gods, underworld gods that was... That was destroying the, crop, the crops. And those those would be the gods, Hades. Styx. That's another rock group. Sticks, right? Dave knows those rock groups. He used to be a heavy metal DJ. Styx. And Styx was supposed to be the river that crossed over into death. Of course, if you notice... The crops are dying here and so they go all the way around until they get into March and the crops come alive here. And what they say is the good gods like Hercules and Perseus and these other good gods were on their labors and they were bringing the crops up and resurrecting them in the spring. All this is about this is about crops. This is about what are we going to eat if we got all this, if we got all of this bad weather, and how we're going to eat the way Israel would eat. God says, if you bow to me and be obedient to me, I'll fill up your storehouses through these coal months. I'll fill up your your fields. I'll fill up. You gotta remember these people did not have Krogers or Publix or Safeway. They couldn't hardly get through those cold winters. And every culture had their form of this of this. Well, Yule was right down here. Yule. Yule means wheel or child. That was just as you're getting into December. December the 21st is the winter solstice. Winter solstice. And the winter solstice was the longest nights of the year. Well, they had the exact opposite of that. The summer solstice at June 21st was the summer solstice, the longest days of the year. They studied all of this to come up with this, the summer solstice. So the swastika is actually, when when, when Himmler came back from Tibet, Tibet they worshipped Buddha. Buddha was said to be Virgin born out of the left armpit of his mother. Is that idiocy? You you can look up Buddha in McClinic and Strong, and it'll tell you those very words. Just insanity what they believed. So, then you get, you have Yule down here, you've got Beltane here. Beltane comes from the word Baal. I've looked that up. Beltane comes from Baal. You have Midsummer here. Midsummer. Now this is, you have to look at this. When you look at a, at a witch's book, it will have, let me erase some of this. It'll be hard to understand unless you understand that let me show you something it's hard to understand let me see here get to those you have to know what this is talking about to understand it hold on I'll get to it in a minute All right, this right here. Look at this. This is the earth tilts at 23 and a half degrees. You know, it has ever since they started this sun worship. But look here. When it's, the sun is going around, the earth is going around the sun, it's tilted at 23 and a half degrees. Here it's tilted, here it's tilted. When it is winter in the northern hemisphere, it's summer in the southern hemisphere. It's going around like so. In our northern hemisphere, that's the northern half of the earth, the northern half it's summer down here then it's it down here it's autumn here it's spring here on the other side of the world everything is exact opposite you have to understand that to understand what to understand these pictures when it's winter in the bottom of the world it's summer up here that's how you can look at that picture and understand it now so that's why it's his the tilt of the earth the tilt of the earth is the reason for this right here. The tilt of the earth is the reason for the season. That's what it is. It's at 23 and a half degrees. Otherwise, if it was just straight up, it would be the same all year long. But it's not. So the fact that the tilt... I did a tape and I called it the twenty three and a half degrees is the reason for the season, and it is. Now people can say they don't like that. What the pagans did, they took it and made up their own gods, and that's swastika comes from Su Vasti. Comes from Su V A S T I. It means it is Good. It has basically the same meaning as "Amen" or "Amen." It is to be it has basically same meaning as that. It is to be. Now let me get on with this. With this, you have. To, I'll give you a copy of this. This was called this right here was it depends on where you're looking at it from if you're looking at it from the earth it's this way if you're looking at it if you're looking at it from this way that's exactly opposite this was called the sinister it's bearing to the left Sinus is the word left in the Latin. Sinus. This is the sinistrogyrate. The sinistro. Sinus is the word left, and we get the word sinister from that word sinus that it a sinister person an evil person the jews believed left-handed people were evil that's what they believed and they this over here where it breaks to the right hitler brought this back but he turned it around this goes completely against this this would be the nature This would be against nature. This was the dextro gyrate. Dextro gyrate. This is the sinistral gyrate here. This means it it breaks to the right. This is what Hitler brought back. He brought that back, turned it around, and made it completely against nature. That's what he did. Of course, that was considered a good luck sign in the ancient world because because they were looking to get good luck getting around to the spring again. And they had food and crops. That's what that's what the worship of all these gods were about. They were they were uh, gods of the crops. They were gods that were giving people crops and that's what they said and god says no i give you the crops saturn and the sun were interchangeable in the sun and tree worship when constantine brought that into the church it had been called the feast of saturn feast of saturn of Saturn or it was called the Saturnalia the father of the gods was Saturn in Rome and his son was Mithra and Mithra's birthday was December the 25th in the ancient world. You can find that. You look under Mithra, look up Mithra in the and Strong and it will tell you the most popular day in the ancient world was the birthday of Mithra in Rome. Now, why was it the 25th? Well, I'll go over to another, I do this every year because I want people to know what this is all about. So you go to the Go to this. This is the same thing as the swastika. This right here is. The sun looks like it's dimming simply because the earth is going around the sun. It's going around the sun. Right there. The earth is going around the sun and it looks like the sun is dimming when the earth is over here in the northern hemisphere. It looks like the sun is moving away. And that's what this over here depicts. It shows the sun. It shows the sun like I I, I draw it up on the board every year and I put it on the board this way. I've spent a lot of years in this. That's because with the other picture, it looks like the sun is dimming. The earth is simply moving in its orbit. So what you've got, you've got... This is the way I express this on the board, the way this expresses. The the summer solstice. I had it up here. Summer solstice. Summer solstice. June 21st. The longest nights, the longest days of the year. That's why I show the sun is at its brightest here. This is in the summer. It's in the summer, and the the sun looks like it's brighter in in June twenty first. But as the sun, as the Earth keeps moving, and is on its axis, is turning, it looks like the sun is getting dimmer. and dimmer until you get to the the thal equinox and the fall equinox is, equinox means equal, equi means equal, nox is short for night so this means equal night so this is when you got 12 hours in the day and 12 hours in the night the next day just a fraction into the day you got a longer night than you do day so this is where all of the pagan rituals begin at the winter solstice and the winter solstice was September 21st 21st, and then you keep on getting dimmer and dimmer and then you get down to the winter solstice this is where the sun looks like it's really getting dark in a sense that's what it looks like looks like it's getting dark and then you get to the winter solstice December the 21st as the longest nights of the year. All of the pagan holidays started at at the equinox, at the fall equinox. And then you get to what they did because everything was getting dark in the ancient world, among the pagans they came up with the idea that they had to have a festival they started building bonfires in this time of the year bonfires was to help the Sun heat up because it was it was growing further and further away from the people and they thought we got to help the Sun by building these bonfires or what they call bail fires then as they build the bail fires going into winter they would party and they would have in the northern ports of the northern atmosphere or northern hemisphere the north the further north you go when you get into you get into scandinavia Scandinavia is up on the top of Europe. That's Norway, Sweden, Denmark. It's very cold at the top of the world. So they had their form of this same thing that they had in Rome called the Feast of Saturn or the Saturnalia. And they called they called their god up there Thor. Excuse me. Their son god was Woden. His son was Thor. We get the word Wednesday from Woden, Woden's Day. We get Thursday from Thor, Thursday or Thor's Day. And Thor was the Was the god of lightning, and somehow Hitler got a hold of that, and they evidently had something, some form of that, in over there among the Tibetans. So, so Hitler, Hitler brought this, the sun bolts, the bolts of the sun, that they worshipped among Woden and Thor and Thor was the god of thunder and lightning and this was the the Sigrun that Hitler brought back Sigrun and the Sigrun was the hatchet man of Hitler this was the SS it looks kind of like two S's that was the SS if you were an SS soldier and you were in the SS and you were lieutenant, you could make accusations against a general and probably have him executed. There was nothing more powerful than the SS or that sigrun that Hitler brought in. All of this comes out of the ancient world of fire worship. Then you get down here. They had a seven day festival. They called the Feast of Saturn. It went from December The 17th through the 24th, December 24th. And that was the Feast of Saturn. That's what Hitler brought into the church. That was at the very end of December. He brought that into the church and renamed it Christ Mass. Christ Mass. Then you start the next, when you get through the winter solstice, the very next few days. You begin to get brighter. A brighter sun. All of this was about the sun worship of the ancients. So the sun begins to grow as it gets through the winter solstice. It grows until you get down here to the spring equinox down here. The spring equinox that's march 21st notice these are all three months apart these were three months apart except these were on the second of a month second of september second of second of december second of march that's when they looked at the swastika and all of these festivals are pagan festivals and this, this right here is equated with this. But if you notice, the dark part of the year started at the fall equinox. And the, everything's getting darker, stays darker until the spring equinox on the 21st. So when you get to the spring equinox, all of this right in here in the northern hemisphere was where they worshiped Halloween. They worship the dead, laid out uh, food for the dead, cookies for the dead. Comes all the way to the saturnalia where they lay out food for the dead, St. Nicholas or Santa Claus. And then you're still in the dead. That's because the crops died at the end of September. And they they blame the evil gods for doing that. So you come through this. And you get up here to the French had their form. The French or Franks had their form. Or the French had their form of the Feast of Saturn. And on March 14th, excuse me, I'm getting way ahead of myself, not March, February, February the 7th through the 14th this was a seven day festival of the Franks this was a seven day festival of Rome, they equated with one another, they had a king of the festival at Rome and they had a king of the festival among the Franks and at the end of this festival over here, this had the king of the festival of Saturnalia had to die, and at the end of this festival of the Franks, which was called Mardi Gras, he had to die also. the 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 the, the similarity to the two is just alike. So Mardi Gras is the same thing as Saturnalia, and Saturnalia is the same thing that Constantine brought in the church in 325 and called Christmas. He didn't actually name it. It was Pope Julius I in the mid-330s, like 336 336 A.D. Pope Julius I. This is the history of it all. Pope Julius I... Gave Christ's Mass its pagan name. Christ Mass. If you even knew that, that it was a Pope that gave Christmas its name, would you keep doing it? It's insanity. It's all of this, you know what all this is? Imagination. It's like a fairy tale. Well, it is fairies. Then, Mardi Gras started on, then on the 14th, would be the end of Mardi Gras and the next day on the 15th they started mourning for their God their sun God and he was called Tammuz and they mourned for 40 days and the Roman Catholics took that 15th of February brought it into their church that was on a Wednesday and called that Ash Wednesday. Everything the Roman Catholics did, they took it out of paganism. They called that Ash Wednesday, the first day of mourning for Tammuz, and you'll find Israel mourning for Tammuz in Ezekiel, the 8th chapter, the women mourning for Tammuz. And then they mourned for 40 days, and the Roman Catholics took that 40 days, brought it in the Roman Catholic Church, And they said you will mourn for forty days for your particular sin. They that would be their mourning for forty days. They would give up something for for their. They would give up something supposed to be something they wanted to keep, but it was usually was something they didn't like. I give up uh, squash for. My, what do you call it? Uh, it the, the word is just eluding me. Huh? Lent? Lent. Lent, yeah, Lent, Lent. I just, I sometimes I just lose my thought. They gave it up. And they brought that forty days so they could they could mourn for Tammuz for forty days, and the Catholics brought that in, and called that Lent that And then, the amazing thing—that was on the day of Annunciation—they would they would start mourning on the fifteenth. They'd mourn for forty days, and then end up on March fifteenth. That's forty days later they would they would mourn that long or not march 25th excuse me march 25th that would be 40 days they would mourn for tammuz and then on the on the 25th would be on a friday all this came together because they had a 360 day in the ancient world calendar so it would come on March 25th, and that they'd have the day of announce, announcing. They called it the day of annunciation that the Catholics brought into their church. So in March 25th, nine months exactly to the day from that would be December the 25th, and their son God would be born again and again and again, and that's where they call that transmigration among the Jews it was being born over and over and over now I have got to put this on the board we're headed towards the season of the Christ mass and it's just false doctrine it's it's something that uh, I have I am dead set against Christmas I mean more than anybody I know I've spent my life studying this stuff. Now, let me read some of the things from this title I've got, this paper that I drew up. Uh, Saturn and the sun were interchangeable in the sun and tree worship. Fire on earth represented the sun. That's why Baal was the sun god. All of this equated with what Israel did in the ancient world, when they went after Baal in the grove. When Babylon was the mother of all idolatry, and Israel went after, after the sun god, and the tree goddess, and the tree, when Israel went after all of that, the Bible says, that was the customs of the people. One more time, let's read that over there in... Jeremiah, Jeremiah 10, Jeremiah 10, I don't even know why people can read this and not recognize the Christmas tree, Jeremiah 10, Jeremiah 10, verse 1, Hear ye the word of the Lord, which the Lord speaketh unto the house of Israel. He's talking to Israel because they've gone after Baal and the Grove. Thus saith the Lord, Learn not the way of the heathen. The word way is direct. D E R E K. Anytime you see the word direct in the Old Testament, it translates in the New Testament hodos. Or in the, in the Septuagint, the Greek translation, every time you see the word direct, we get the word direction from that. And it's same word as hodos in the New Testament. Learn not what would be the way of the heathen or the way of the people. It would be the broad way, wouldn't it? It would not be the narrow way. Learn not the broad way of the heathen. And be not dismayed at the signs of heaven. When they talked about the signs of heaven, they were talking about the stars guiding their life. When the when the Lord well, I read this and I'll say that in a minute. For the customs of the people are vain. The customs are vain. God doesn't even say don't worship their gods here. He says the customs, the shock, C H A C H O Q. The customs are vain. Shock. It means enactments. It's just the rituals, how they perform it it reminds us of what god said well i'll look at that in a minute the customs are vain for one cutteth the tree out of the forest the work of the hands of the workman with the axe they deck it with silver and with gold we do the same thing or we don't i don't do that anymore the silver and gold garlands that they wrap around the trees Except they did it with literal silver and gold back then. They fastened it with nails and with hammers that it moved not. It can't move. It has no life in it. They are upright as the palm tree, but speak not. They must needs be born. In India, they worship trees. And sometimes I've read that they will get an apartment for one of their tree gods and put it in an apartment and pay rent on it. And when the landlord comes around, he says, your rent's due and the tree can't talk. That's what it says here. Because they cannot go. Be not afraid of these godless tree gods, for they cannot do evil, neither also is them them to do good. And it goes all through here. And he says, talking about the tree gods in verse 8, but they are altogether brutish. They are bar, brutish. They are stupid. They can't hear. Brutish means they can't hear anything. They can't obey God. The stock is a doctrine of vanities. Stock is an interesting word. A, T yes that's the same hebrew word the tree of the knowledge of good and evil the tree the tree in the garden the stock is a doctrine of vanities and he goes on down here in verse 14 and says every man is brutish in his knowledge when he thinks he knows he knows nothing every founder a man who who works in a foundry and he makes one of these trees out of metal is confounded by the graven image for his molten image is a falsehood and there's no breath in them and let's go over here let me go over here this this is one I love to give to everybody Deuteronomy 12 now this is something that the preachers need to pay attention to Deuteronomy 12 Deuteronomy is right before they're going into the promised land. They've been through the wilderness. God has killed off all the unbelievers in the wilderness. And here in Deuteronomy 12, he's instructing Israel how they need to go into the land and throw all these unbelieving pagans out of the land. And he says in verse, verse 29, When the Lord thy God, talking to Israel shall cut off the nations from before thee, whither thou goest to possess them, and thou succeedest them, and dwellest in their land. He's telling the Jews, they're, they're at the very end of their journey in the wilderness. You're going to go into the land. Here's what I want you to do. Take heed to yourself, Israel, that ye be not snared by following these pagans in the land. After that, they be destroyed from before thee. You're supposed to destroy them when you go into the land, but they don't, they marry them. And Judges, the first and second chapter. And thou, I love this part of this verse more than any part. And that thou inquire not after their God's saying. I don't want you to ask about their gods. How did these nations serve their gods? What rituals did they do? When people say, we're going to use this season for Jesus, take them to this verse right here. Don't you even inquire how they did it, much less doing it. And he's not talking about serving their gods. He's simply talking about doing the rituals that they were doing. That's all he's saying. Don't even ask how they did it. Thou shalt not do so unto the Lord thy God, for every abomination to the Lord which he hateth have they done unto their gods. What he's saying is they're doing these rituals and it's an abomination that stinks to God. When you do the rituals, you're doing that too. When you take... December the 25th and celebrated as the birthday of Jesus. The Bible doesn't teach anywhere about celebrating birthdays. Nowhere. Two birthdays in the Bible. I've got a track on over here. Who's Christmas, Christmas? Whose birthday is it? There's two birthdays. Herod's, where they cut off John the Baptist's head. And Pharaoh's, or Pharaoh hung his baker. Now, who are you going to hang and whose head you're going to cut off when you celebrate a birthday? For even their sons and their daughters, they have burnt in the fire to their gods. Is America burning their sons and their daughters in a fire to the gods? The whole nation is destroying their children, aren't they? And then he says those wonderful words in verse 32. Whatsoever thing I command you observe to do it, thou shalt not add anything to the Word of God, therefore nor diminish nor subtract anything from God's Word. Don't add Christmas or Easter or anything to the Word of God. And the whole world is doing that, aren't they? That lady used to come here and she had been over in one of those foreign countries Laos or one of those places over there she said it's Christmas every day of the year that's what they do all the time so you're not supposed to add yasav you're not supposed to diminish means to shave off don't add anything to God's Word and look back at Deuteronomy 4 I love this. In 4, he says the same thing. Christmas is adding to the Word of God. 4 verse 1. Now therefore, hearken, O Israel, unto the statutes and unto the judgments which I teach you, for to do them that ye may live and go in and possess the land which the Lord thy God your fathers giveth you ye shall not add yasoph Y-A-C-A-P-H augment don't add Christmas yasoph Y-A-C-A-P-H don't add to anything that I command you neither shall ye diminish aught from it that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. Don't even find out. Don't add a ritual to what God said. Don't do. And let me give you one of my favorite verses. i quote it to people all the time. Leviticus 18. When people say, well, we don't do it that way. The Bible says, don't do it at all. Leviticus 18. 18 and i don't know how people can look at these john macarthur i used to really have a high respect for him but he does christmas he knows it's the feast of saturn he says he does you go online look up his blog or website or whatever it is i looked it up and he says, I know this is the Feast of Saturn. I know that December the 25th is the birthday of Mithra. I know that this was the festival that lasts for seven days. He'll go through the whole thing and then he'll say, however, we're going to use this, these holidays to worship God with. Jesus doesn't want his name on an ancient orgy. It's an orgy. And he says here in the 18th chapter, let's read 29 and 30. Whosoever shall commit any of these abominations, talking about the things he's just talked about, he's talking about Molech, Molech, in verse 21, he's talking about going after these other gods, and he said, whosoever shall commit any of these abominations, Even the souls that commit them shall be cut off from among their people. Cut off means to to die. Then he says, Therefore, if you notice, he's not saying don't go after their gods. The same thing, he didn't say don't go after their gods in that 12th chapter of Deuteronomy. He's saying don't keep their rituals. That's what he's saying. Therefore shall ye keep mine ordinance My chukwa, C-H-U-Q-Q-A-H. You keep my enactments. It says enactments, and that's what the word actually is. That you commit not any one of these abominable customs, enactments, ordinances. Don't keep customs of the pagans, Christmas or Easter, or any of the others which were committed before you, and that you defile not yourself therein. I am the Lord your God. Defile means to foul or be contaminated to cause to stink. I don't know how people think they can get by One other verse that I always like to read with these in Proverbs 30. If you add to the word of God, this is what the Bible says: you will be Proverbs thirty. All right, Proverbs thirty, and I'll get a word in a minute. Proverbs 30. He says here in verse 5, Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in Him and not in paganism. Add thou not unto His words. Add is that same word, add. Add that we read in Deuteronomy 12 and Deuteronomy 4, it means to augment, yasaf, Y-A-C-A-P-H, add thou not unto his words, lest God reprove thee, and thou be found to be a liar, if you add Christmas to the word of God, God's calling you a liar, I didn't call you that, if you add Easter to the word of God. Easter is Ishtar. It's the resurrection of Tammuz in the ancient world on that March 25th date which was the end of Mardi Gras or the end of Lent among the Catholics. They just renamed it. Look at that one more time. Go over there and look at Ezekiel. The 8th chapter. And this is Easter, Ishtar. This is this is the time period of the morning for the God of spring or Tammuz. They start on the, four, they start on the 15th of February and they go all the way through the 25th of March. That's 40-day period that the, that the Catholics brought into the church and called Lent here in Ezekiel, the 8th chapter. Remember, Ezekiel is over here in Babylon. He's over here in Babylon. And he's having visions and dreams of what's going on over here 600 miles away or so in Israel. And God is letting him see what's going on in Israel where they're still worshiping all these idol gods. How much time do I have, Mike? 20. Let's read this. This is one of the visions of Ezekiel. He's not in Israel. He's seeing in a vision what's going on in Israel. That's what he's doing. He's over in Babylon. He was carried away in 597, 596 BC. And he brought verse 7. He brought me to the door of the court On what I looked, he's talking about the court of the temple. That's what he's talking about. Let me erase some of this. Now, Ezekiel is over here in Babylon. Ezekiel. And he's seeing what's going on over here in the temple of God and this is the and it's got a fence around it. And he's got gates here and gate here. And in the inner court, there's the there's the brazen altar and the the sea and the veil and the Ark of the Covenant. In this court here the candlesticks, the table of showbread, the altar of incense. These are gold. These are brass. And what he's doing, he's showing Ezekiel what the Jews are doing over here in Israel. Here's what he says. And he brought me to the door of the court. When I looked, behold, a hole in the wall and he said unto me son of man dig now in the wall when I had digged in the wall behold a door and he said unto me go in and behold the wicked abominations that Israel is doing here this is why I had you carried away and I'm going to carry them away so I went in and saw and behold every form of creeping things abominable beasts and all the idols of the house of Israel. This is not some foreign nation. This is Israel. Portrayed upon the wall round about. And there stood before them 70 men of the ancients of the house of Israel. 70 men are in there. And in the midst of them stood Jezaniah, and the son of Shephen with every man his censer in his hand, and a thick cloud of incense went up. Then said he unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen what the ancients of the house of Israel do in the dark? Every man in the chambers of of his imagery, for they say, The Lord seeth not, God doesn't know what we're doing, Israel's saying. That's what the church is saying in America. God doth not know. He doth not care. The prophets said that continually. The Lord hath forsaken the earth. So they're just worshiping all these. They got them carved in the walls of the temple. He said unto me, Turn thee yet again, and thou shalt see greater abominations that Israel does. Then brought him me, then brought, he brought me to the door of the gate of the Lord's house. The door of the gate, the Lord's house was that temple there. And the door into there was called Solomon's door, Solomon's gate. And he brought me to there, somewhere in this neighborhood here, we don't know exactly where the Lord's house which was toward the north towards the north north of here and behold there sat women weeping for Tammuz that's that 40 days that had upon the board 40 days from the end of Mardi Gras unto March the 25th, the day of Annunciation, where they announced the birth of the sun God on the 25th of December there. Then said he unto me, Hast thou seen this, O son of man? Turn thee yet again, and thou shalt see greater abomination than these. It gets worse. This is in Israel. This is at the temple you know people can't read this and understand this because they don't know the house of God and what it is and he brought me into the inner court of the Lord's house this is the inner court here this is the Lord's house there the temple and behold at the door of the temple of the Lord between the porch and the altar Solomon's porch right here and this altar right here right in this neighborhood right there there stood five and twenty men with their backs toward the temple their backs are this way this is west this is east It had to be sometime in the morning because it goes on to say and their faces toward the east and they worship the sun toward the east they were having an easter sunrise service is what they were having the first sunrise service in the bible around 594 bc about 594 years before christ they're having a sunrise service worshiping the sun. That's where the sunrise service comes from. At Ishtar, it comes from paganism. Isn't that something? And there were 25 men worshiping the sun. And if you go over a couple of pages over to the 11th chapter, over the Spirit, verse 1, the Spirit lifted me up and brought me into the east gate of the Lord's house drop something. in the east gate somewhere over this way they were facing the east in the east gate of the Lord's house with looks eastward and behold at the door of the gate five and twenty men the same twenty-five men who are worshiping the sun over there in the eighth chapter, five and twenty men whom I saw, Jaazinah, the son of Azar, and Pelotiah, the son of Beniah, the princes of of the people. Then said he unto me, Son of Man, these are the men that devise mischief and give wicked counsel to this city. Those were the leaders of Israel right before they were carried away. Why do you think he carried them all away into captivity? That's exactly why. Now let me get back to my paper here. The ancient title of the festival of the mass was called the Saturnalia. It began December 17th and went through December 24th where well, the Yule log was thrown in the fire they said that the Yule log was thrown in the fire at the end of the seven I want to drop my pen down here they said the Yule log Yule means wheel or child Yule was it? it was the part of the Festivals of the swastika, Yule it means child or wheel. Why has not anybody else found out these things? They're not interested enough to look for them, are they? I don't know where it all comes from. It, they said in the Scandinavian world, they would get on the top of a top of a big, big hill. They would take the fire wheel, which is the swastika. By the way, one of the writers says that the wreath is a form of the swastika. So if you're going to celebrate Christmas, instead of putting a wreath on your door, put a swastika on it, if that'll help people. It just, the, the things are amazing the fire wheel, they would roll it down a hill and if it got so far they would say they were having good crops in the spring just i don't even understand if i can find all this why can't anybody else find any of it some of it john MacArthur's found it but he says however we're going to use this season people ask me aren't you going to take a day off to celebrate Christ's birth? I say, no, I don't have time to take a day off. I'm out celebrating Him every day in public. If I can run into somebody, I'm going to tell them about the Lord and about predestination and Christmas is pagan. I'm going to tell them the truth and they need to repent. I'm not going to take a day off. I have no time to take a day off. I carry DVDs with me in my pocket everywhere I go if somebody says anything I'll give them a DVD if I can say something to somebody and I don't push people or beat people up I just say simple things to them if somebody says Merry Christmas I don't celebrate Christmas I found out Christmas was paganism did you know that I'll say something real simple real soft and if they know something's wrong with it I've known it was wrong all my life ever since I was 12 I knew that it was wrong that's when I saw the Pope on midnight mass and I was a little boy 12 and that was 1951 and I'm sitting there evaluating the thing and say this is Christ mass is this is this Christmas Eve and St. Nicholas or Santa Claus is supposed to come tonight and I think That's another name for St. Nicholas, and I believe he was a a Roman Catholic priest or something. I found out he was a 4th century Roman Catholic bishop. It's just the things that people have, I don't know why I can see these things and other people can't. How can I come up with all this information? And I'm talking quiet today because I'm kind of hoarse. So I'm not loud like you said. I do get volcanic at times. So I'm quiet today. But I'm saying things that that just stirs people to no end. It's not how loud I get. It's whether it's the truth or not. All this is truth. You can study any historian. They'll tell you about the tree and the sun worship. Everything goes back to that. Let me see here. What else do I was going to say? I'm going to have some of these made up and give them out to everybody who wants them. Give them away. What's funny? When you go into McClinic and Strong, Ashtaroth was a generic term for all the tree deities. Ashtaroth, A S H t-o-r-e-t-h when it's spelled with an e it's singular when it's spelled with an o it's plural and the bible says Israel had a a god on every street they had a tree goddess on every street in Israel Israel was corrupt and when you go into the tree gods the it was all sex worship that's what it was they were fertility gods, and they worshipped. They worshipped the genital of man. When you when you go into any study, and you see a great spire going up into the sky, that's a, that's the Washington Monument. That's the monuments on those. That's the phallus of a man. It's. If people knew this was sex worship, they might quit doing it. When you see these spires, wherever you see them, that's the genitals of a man. And when you see the Christmas tree, I'm going to read something to you here. This is under Ashtaroth out of McLennan and Strong. Ashtaroth. You see the Christmas tree. What it is, it's a triangle. The best scholars tell you that it is the pubic triangle. People don't even know what they're doing when they put one up. That'll make me raise my voice. It's a pubic triangle. You can go online look up pubic triangle and you'll be embarrassed at what they'll show you. Mr. Layard in Layard's Nineveh. Layard's Nineveh. He went over to the Far East in the mid-1800s. Layard's Nineveh. He says that because they worshipped because they worshipped all these gods and the stars, they put a star on the top of the female deity. Now, I don't know what that looks like to you. It looks like a Christmas tree to me, and that's a pubic triangle is what it is. And that's listen what he says here. Talking about Venus, she Also had this was Venus. This Christmas tree is Venus. Next time you see one, just walk up to it and say, "Hey, Venus, how you doing? Have you seen Hercules lately?" She had. She also celebrated had celebrated temples in First Samuel thirty one ten. As to the form and attributes with which Ashtaroth, the female generic term for all the female deities or grove same thing as a grove was represented the oldest known image that in Paphos was a white conical stone this is a cone right there it was a white conical stone often seen on Phoenician remains Phoenicia is right above Israel, the land of Lebanon, or the land of Tyre and Sidon. Same thing. Where Baal in the grove was worshipped and brought down into Israel by Ahab when he married Jezebel. On the Phoenician remains in the figure which Tacitus thus describes. Tacitus was a historian. The statue of the goddess bears, bears no resemblance to human form. Venus de Milo that's in the Louvre that's missing an arm or missing both arms, I don't remember that was something modern she was always worshipped as a triangle in the ancient world you see a round figure broad at the base growing fine by degrees till like a cone it lessens to a point that's the way she was worshipped right there and that's that they decorate it with silver and with gold they put a platform on it because it moves not it cannot speak and it cannot bear itself the bible and history tells you that the christmas tree is pagan venus that's what it is baal grove you don't get away from the fire and tree worship. Even all of the pagans that Constantine wanted to pacify by asing need of toleration, they were all fire and tree worshipers. The way you know that, the Bible says Babylon mothered all idolatry or all, all harlotry, it means idolatry. And if Babylon mothered at all, then all of those people that Constantine was declaring this edict of toleration to the Christians so they could come in the church and accept the tree goddess and call it something else and when people say well that was just the tree that Jesus crucified on you you're kidding yourself when you say that Jesus was not crucified on a fir tree in the 40th chapter of Jeremiah listen to this Jeremiah 40, this is what Israel chose as a tree God. Jeremiah 40 Jeremiah 40 and I can't remember the verse you're my forty. No, it's Isaiah forty. That's the reason I can't by it. Isaiah forty, Isaiah forty, and verse, uh, verse twenty. He that is so impoverished, when he wants to make him a god that he hath no oblation no bread offering he chooseth a tree that will not rot that's an evergreen isn't it he seeketh unto him a cunning workman to prepare a graven image that shall not be moved i'm out of time well i've kind of verified a lot of things and. I don't know how I can find it, and all these preachers can't find anything. It's because they don't want to change. They don't want to learn. I'll have some, and I got a paper on Christmas that I wrote. It's called The True Story of Christmas. I wrote that about 30 years ago, and I've never used it, It's got all the truth in it. Well, let's pray. Lord, thank you for the truth. I pray you'll give me strength to continue. I'm getting weak lately. I don't know if it's my age or what, but Lord, give me strength to continue to teach and strengthen the flock, cause them to bow more to you and your word. God, I don't even know what to ask for. Just cause this ministry to continue and the people that are out there watching, give them strength to bear up under all of this persecution that's going on. Fight our battles for us, Lord. We'll give you praise for everything in Christ's name. Amen.